Thanks for joining us today on the daily BIB podcast, Coping with COVID from the newsroom of Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. The profound economic impact of the pandemic has thrown the country into deep-seated unemployment and severe business losses. Many Canadians have had to dip into their savings, defer rents and mortgages, borrow funds to maintain an acceptable standard of living. They've worried about losing their jobs or about their company's future. But a new public opinion survey suggests Canadians are a bit on the mend now, in many respects, about their economic anxieties. The poll comes from Research Co. and Mariel Canseco is the president of the public opinion firm. He writes for us at BIV and for Glacier Media, and he joins me now. Good to see you. Great to see you too, Kirk. Let's, let's uh, take a look at this. Um, what do you do to explain the anxieties? of Canadians right now? What would you say? How would, how would you characterize them? I think we went through a situation back in April where we had concerns that were wide ranging. It didn't matter how old you were. It didn't matter where you lived in the country, which party you voted for. The level of concern with financial matters, whether you would be able to pay your mortgage or rent, uh, what was going to happen to your job was at a very high level. And now four months later, I think what we see here is a situation where the numbers are dropping dramatically in specific regions of the country. There are still pockets uh, where you have a lot of dismay about what is happening right now, particularly in Alberta. Uh, But we also find uh, that if you're 18 to 34, you're more likely to be stressed out about things. So it's a crisis that is not affecting everybody at the same way. Certainly not uh, if you look at the numbers that we had back in April. How do you explain just the general diminution of anxiety, though, when you've got a situation that just is enduring? Well, I think part of it has to do with uh, certain aspects of the crisis that we thought were going to stay there for a longer term. You know, we see a little bit of the recovery now. We see some of the areas of the country opening up, restaurants, uh, other aspects of the economic activity. And I think that actually plays a role psychologically with many Canadians who say everything is going to be fine now. We just need to wait it out. It's not as bad as it used to be. And I was able to get some sort of support from the federal government in order to help me uh, stay where I was supposed to be. Uh, Obviously, that is not something that is going to happen for the next few years. Uh, But I think what we saw back in April was the height of the stress caused by COVID-19. I'm I'm really afraid that that I'm going to lose my job. I don't know if I'm going to be able to meet my next mortgage payment or my next rent. Uh, And the numbers, even though they are lower now, are very similar to what we found back in September 2008 when we started the other global financial crisis. So we're not out of the woods yet, but the numbers are definitely trending in a much better way than they were four months ago. How would you characterize again the confidence that Canadians have right now? Well, it's uh, almost like a wish. I don't see a situation necessarily where everything is fine. I think we are connected to the United States in many ways. And we look at the situation happening in the United States and are definitely afraid of it. Uh, We continue to have a situation in the U.S. where the number of uh, cases is, is higher Uh, Tourism, which is very important uh, to BC, hasn't really recovered. We don't see a lot of appetite from people who want to become tourists again. So it's a cautious optimism. I think, you know, looking into how we maybe perceived uh, this COVID-19 pandemic evolving four months ago to where we are now, 
we are in a much better situation. But it doesn't mean that everything is fine. You know, I have I've, I've had the uh, chance to ask a, a Canadians about economic matters uh, at moments when you have 70% of them saying everything is great and we're definitely not at that situation right now. Let's talk a little bit about the shift that's taken place uh, in the last three, four or five months since really we got ourselves into the pandemic and we began to shut the economy down. How have attitudes either softened about concerns or, or strengthened about some of the optimism? What have been some of the, the changes in the indices that you've been measuring? Well, one of the things that is quite important here is that we have this connection in the way in which governments are dealing with things. And that definitely helps us have a much uh, better view of what is going to be happening financially. There are other parts of the world where you don't have that connection, where the way in which you look at the federal government performing on this uh, pandemic, for instance, is lower, like the United States, where there's only 37% of uh, residents who say that the federal government is handling this well. So here we are at a level right now, which is usually between 60 and 70%. So you're happy with the way things are going. You actually have this perception that the government cares about what is happening to you and is handling things well. And that enables us to have that opportunity to say, well, things aren't really that bad. Uh, we can see a little bit of the shift in, in some of the issues that we measure. Uh, it's not ideal, but it's definitely a situation where the numbers back in April uh, were really disconcerting. And, and now we have something that is looking a little bit better, though. So I think it's, it's essentially... The notion that you have that support from the federal government, the satisfaction with the way other governments have been dealing with this within Canada, that helps many Canadians say, I think we'll get through this. Let's look at the, the relationship between the individual and work. So there, there are uh, two sides of, the, of that coin here. One being the concern about your own job loss, the other one being the concern about your own company's futures. Again, um, give me a little bit of a measurement. How has it gone from here to here in you know, the matter of a few months? Well, one thing that really blew my mind when I was looking at the numbers is there is more uh, faith from Canadians that they are going to be able to sustain this and weather the long-term negative effects of the pandemic. Uh, more than 7 out of 10 say, I think I'll be fine. I think I'll be able to pay some money here, deal with my debt in a very different way, maybe get a second job. There's an expectation from many Canadians that things are going to go well. But when we ask them about Canada as a whole, the numbers drop to near 50%. So there is the expectation that the individual is ready to deal with what this pandemic is going to throw at him or her, uh, but not necessarily that the whole country is going to work well. And I think part of that has to do with the difficulties that we've seen uh, in specific services, you know, restaurants closing, the difficulties in Alberta when it comes to the energy sector, you don't really look at the entire country in the same fashion, which is quite astonishing because back in 2008, it was Alberta that was saying everything is fine and the rest of the country was worried. And now we are in a completely different situation where Alberta is the one that is definitely struggling. It's uh, been a bit uh, difficult to try to determine the relationship between, say, the markets for your investments and the actual economy, right? And that, that's been one of the quandaries I think people are trying to figure out throughout all of this is why, is the, why did the stock market rebound in quite this way when it's very clear the economy is not really rebounding? So as it pertains to uh, individual investments, Mario, and concerns about their own future and their stability and all that. Again, what, what is the public opinion, 
telling you about um, about you know the confidence that people have in the stability of their investments, the value of. Them. Well, that is one of the things that is changing. You know, we do see more Canadians who believe uh, that the value of their investments is there and they're not losing sleep over it. The other thing that is quite interesting is we didn't see a reaction from most Canadians as the COVID-19 pandemic was developing uh, of selling everything and just getting out of the market. I think there was an expectation that things were going to bounce back eventually. And even now, when we ask Canadians, uh, roughly two-thirds are saying, I'm not going to move anything. I'm going to keep my long-term investments exactly the same way they were. Uh, There's a little bit of a jump in the ones who say that they want to change what they're doing. It went from 12% back in April to 16%, but it's still a minority and it's definitely not a situation where you see a sense of desperation from many Canadians, which is also partly something that is caused because of all of the federal government's response to this. You know, you do believe that things are going to go well, and you're not expecting that you are the one who somehow has to find that revenue if you play the stock market. There is a little bit in the public opinion poll that you've conducted that suggests that you know Canadians are looking at others for the way that some of these issues are getting solved in all of this. Do you get a sense at all that Canadians are taking a kind of a personal responsibility for their own futures, for their investments, for their jobs, for their relationship to their companies? Well, I think we see that consistently, uh, partly when it comes to some of the behavioral issues that we measure. Uh, We have a sense of community that sometimes you don't see in the United States, even though now the U.S., is slowly embracing the concept of wearing masks outdoors. Uh, we see a higher level of support for that than, than what we saw in other months. Um, but it's it's definitely more the sense of community. I think that's been one of the major differences when you're looking into the way Canadians have dealt with this pandemic. You know, it's ultimately about your neighbors. It's ultimately about those who are close to you. And we have had that success, even though specific provinces haven't done as well as others. Uh, we do continue to see a scenario here where the economy hasn't been affected greatly. There's obviously a growing concern about what is going to happen with the deficit. Um, but it's not a situation where most Canadians would be definitely uh, not pleased uh, with what they see coming out of the federal government, uh, notwithstanding what is happening with the we scandal and the discussions about the finance minister and Justin Trudeau when it comes to this. Uh, But in other scenarios, if we had a situation now where most Canadians were concerned about their money, this scandal would have more legs. Let's uh, let's put a bit of an analogy together here uh, with the economy and, of course, with with what you're getting here in terms of the results on your public opinion poll. You know, you can see that the economy slowly but surely regenerating, going to different stages, more openness, more activity, and all of that. And a lot of it having to do with the fact that at each step of the way, British Columbians in particular, but Canadians in general, have been reassured that things are going in the right direction. So does the poll that you've conducted give us the sense that perhaps the, the lessening of anxieties that Canadians have about their future gives the government a bit of a chance to ease off some of its own measures that are serving as a form of relief. I think there's an opportunity for that. You know, the numbers are not as dramatic as they were at the start of this pandemic. We had a lot of people who were concerned about meeting their mortgage payments, a lot of people who were concerned about the future of their to be able to work from home or what type of economy was going to be there uh, for those who require to be at their office to 
uh, do their jobs. Uh, now it's a little bit different. And I think what is evolving in a way is uh, the notion that we're assuming that this is going to stay with us for the long run. Uh, I think that's also one of the differences that we've seen as we've been tracking numbers, both economic and also sociological when it comes to this pandemic. You know, we started asking these questions back in March, and we still had people who thought that this would be over by Easter, then it was Canada Day, yeah, right. uh, now it's Christmas, or maybe later than that. Um, but it's been one of the remarkable successes uh, when I look at the numbers, you know, the notion that, okay, now we understand that this isn't going to go away very quickly. We do not have a lot of people who are doubting that this is happening. And that is different from the numbers that we see in the United States, for instance, where you continue to see a lot of residents who essentially say that this isn't happening. So what reassurances do you think Canadians need? in order to essentially endure a period like this without having their anxieties resurface? Well, I'd say the first one is stop talking about early elections, provincially, federally, <laughs> municipally. This is not the right time to be having this type of conversation, whether you're in government or in opposition. Uh, there's uh, many concerns about whether you, are, you will be actually able to hold an election the way we hold them in Canada uh, with social distancing or anything of the sort. Saskatchewan will have to do it, but it's a very different situation there. Uh, ultimately, I think it's been a very difficult situation uh, to look at the health authorities that told us, stay at home, don't do anything, wash your hands, take it easy. Those same voices have to now be the ones who tell us that it's safe to do specific things and that it's good for the economy to bounce back. Uh, looking into the numbers related to the actual performance of specific governments, yeah. uh, Alberta tends to do very poorly because it's the premier who's handling this message. The areas where the health authorities handle the message do much better. And do we have that kind of trust here in British Columbia? Completely. Oh, I think it's it's definitely something that is there uh, as far as the way in which we are connecting with what Dr. Bonnie Henry has been saying. Um, it's an important component of the recovery period. And it's also a nice reminder that you can't politicize these things. You know, you need to have somebody there who's in charge who is not actually serving directly a specific political party. Um, the areas of the country, specific places where it's the premier leading the charge. And, you know, we saw it in Ontario, the month when uh, Doug Ford was the one hammering the message was the month where they did very, very badly. They decided to shift the message to the health authorities and then their numbers started to climb. So it's a reminder that if this is a health crisis, uh, you can solve it like it's some sort of campaign act. Yeah, it's a bit off the topic here, Mario, but it, one of the financial concerns of people have is that actually there doesn't appear to be an economic plan. You know, now obviously a number of people are saying it's too soon. Uh, the pandemic is still too uh, unpredictable. Uh, we don't know enough yet about uh, even the science of it. And, and so we can't really walk ourselves back to a flourishing economy with such uncertainty. But um, in your estimation and what you're, what you're basically researching here, um, is there still an opening for the government to start asserting itself a lot more clearly and directly to, uh, to British Columbians, to Canadians in general, about the steps that are necessary in order to really make the economy flourishing again? Well, at the federal level, it's going to take more uh, than your basic press conference with a bunch of flags behind you where you talk about 
ways you're going to be helping people. This is a very new challenge. And I think the best way to go for the federal government will be to discuss this with business leaders, to try to find a way to have a message that is coherent, that is going to make everybody happy, and not necessarily a message that revolves a finance minister who has been mercilessly criticized because of the WE uh, scandal. Um, They have to find a way to do something that is more meaningful in that sense, because that is the one concern that we have right now when it comes to the deficit. Most of the money is coming from the federal coiffers, and that is going to be leading a lot of people to say, well, this, okay, what are we getting after this? You know, is there a plan to, to try to bounce this back? Um, politically, it's an advantageous situation for the liberals. Now, we don't know who the next leader of the conservatives will be. There might not be an appetite to try to trigger an election, even in, in a minority scenario. Uh, they have time to you know, show to most Canadians that what they are doing is actually meaningful. Uh, but it has to be with a much larger buy-in than all of those programs of the past. You know, this is going to take discussions with several industries. We've seen the appetite from Canadians and British Columbians to, to save specific industries with very targeted bailouts. And some, at some point, uh, the federal government is going to have to talk to these industries and say, this is what we can do, and we have to do it together. And does British Columbia necessarily have to wait for Ottawa before it unveils its own program? Probably not. I think there's a situation here, particularly because of the uh, high level of support that the government has right now, both on its handling of the pandemic and on other matters. Um, There's an opportunity to say we are going to be doing this the BC way. This is the type of recovery that we're envisioning. Uh, We would like to invite all political parties and and, all of the sectors that are involved in this into trying to make something that actually makes sense for us. Um, but again, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a chicken and egg. You know, do you want to involve other political parties here when you may have an election? Well, you will have an election in the next year and a half. Um, it's a tricky proposition, particularly for the opposition. I think it's not the best moment to try to figure out if you can steer policy through a government that is elected because you're left with nothing the next time you have to campaign. Yeah. Always good talking to you, Mario. Good to see you. Stay well. Good. Stay safe. I shall. Thanks so much, Kirk. Mario Canseco is the president of Research Co. You've been watching BIB Daily, our Coping with COVID-19 podcast. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief of Business in Vancouver. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again.